0: 33 minutes past the hour, Texas Standard Time. I'm David Brown. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention now reports 134 cases of that mystery polio like illness, found mainly in children, patients average age about five years old. It's called acute flaccid myelitis, but with no clear cause, the CDC has formed a task force to try to find answers. Texas and Colorado appear to have the most cases. And frightening as this is, officials hasten to add it is exceedingly rare. Nothing like a far more common illness that hit Texas and much of the rest of the world in 1918. As Texas Public Radio's Bonnie Petrie reminds us, the Spanish flu virtually shut down whole
1: cities a century ago. Louis Edward Mayberry moved to San Antonio in 1918. He was 11 years old. I started school, and just a few days, they had a a flu epidemic in San Antonio, and they turned the schools out. Maybury's oral memoirs were recorded in 1987, and he remembered clearly the time the thriving modern city stopped everything as flu ravaged its residents. And then uh, school started again and went on for a couple of weeks and they turned out again. We didn't get much schooling before Christmas. Spanish flu snuck up on San Antonio. The focus of most Americans in the fall of 1918 was the Great War, what we now call World War I.
0: Johnny, gun, gun,
1: but by late August and early September, soldiers in Europe started getting sick. Then soldiers back in the U.S. started getting sick, including those at Camp Travis. Dr. Ana martinez Katsum teaches history at the University of Texas of the Permian Basin. She's from San Antonio, and she wrote and published the article, Desolate Streets, the Spanish Influenza in San Antonio.
0: Between September 19th and 20th, there were flu-like cases at Camp Travis. And so the doctors reported this as the flu. Of course, rumors started to spread that it was influenza, and military officials wanted to reassure the city that it wasn't.
1: But it was. And by the time the military acknowledged it, it was too late. It was everywhere.
0: Travis was hit, Fort Sam Houston, Kelly. And so it was at the military bases. And it's on October 1st that military officials pretty much quarantined the military installations. Enlisted men could not visit San Antonio.
1: San Antonio City Health Officer Dr. William Anthony King had been monitoring the situation at the military installations, but he didn't think it was a big deal, and he didn't think his city was at risk of an epidemic.
0: San Antonio was known as a health destination, Uh, had a cleanup campaign, a few mild cases of the flu, but they didn't believe that it would be severely hit by the influenza, or if anything, they could limit it.
1: But that's not how the flu works, and by the time King and the Board of Health decided on October 16th to close the schools, churches, lodges, and theaters, and to ban public gatherings, the epidemic was already reaching its peak. Three days later, doctors reported 700 new influenza cases in just one day, and people were dying. You have a number of children who pass away
0: within the same family. You have a mother and a child. You have a father and a mother. So what often happened is because it's so highly contagious, several members
1: within the family got sick and several members passed away. So why was this flu so virulent and so deadly? Dr. Jean Patterson at Texas Biomedical Research Institute explains: I think there was a combination of things. There was no antibiotics.
0: People were um, more stressed and less healthy than they are normally, and it was a very virulent influenza that people hadn't seen before. So there was no nobody had antibodies to it.
1: By at least one estimate, by the time the flu was done with San Antonio, 53 percent of the population got sick. 881 people died. Even though Spanish flu killed 51 million people around the world, it was still just the flu. Patterson says influenza kills an average of 36,000 people in the United States every year, and a virulent flu like the 1918 strain could strike again in any year. But Patterson says we're better prepared for an influenza pandemic now because, among other things, the Centers for Disease Control and other organizations keep an eye on the different influenza strains circulating the globe. And every year there's a new vaccine. And even during a year when the vaccine doesn't exactly match the circulating strains, it still helps.
0: Because you have a little bit of an immune response to different parts of the flu and your body is ready to go. You're not going to protect yourself entirely, but you're going to have some, some resistance to the influenza.
1: Hatterson says the holy grail for people like her is a universal flu vaccine that covers all strains of the flu. I think we're, we're closer.
0: I mean, we, we really have some good people and some good ideas out there, but that is really what would
1: really be incredible. And with that hope, perhaps this history won't repeat itself. In San Antonio, I'm Bonnie Petrie for The Texas Standard. Run, run, run.